Welcome to Building Bulletproof Backs, where we redefine the mainstream medical approach to healing stubborn back pain. Join physiotherapist and movement addict Marion McRae on a mission to end the back pain epidemic. Building Bulletproof Backs requires mental, physical, and emotional strategy. Hope is not enough. Listen now as she interviews real-life back pain sufferers who have found a way out of the nightmare and introduces you to leading-edge teachers with powerful tools that can change your life. You can do this. Your body knows how to heal. You just got to learn how to get out of its way. Now, let's get into today's episode. Neil, welcome. Thank you. <laughs> Just knocked off work as I have. Yeah. We are recording the next episode of Building a Bulletproof Back and I've invited Neil to come in because um, Neil has some great links and I hear great feedback from his classes. He teaches foundation training in Margaret River. Just another one of the amazing back care opportunities in Margaret River you can access. But um, I really wanted to pick his brain about foundation training today. So, Neil, before we get to that, tell us a little bit about you. Uh, Who are you? What are you? I am, I suppose I'd call myself a Margaret River local now. Yeah. I've been here since 1990, so just touching on 30 years. Um, Formerly from northern New South Wales, uh, local plumber and picked up foundation training um, a few years ago and uh, it was out of necessity and it's become a beautiful habit. Great. And, um, you know, a source of enjoyment as, as I've learned how to teach it. So, Great. Yeah, but... Um, so you're plumber by day, plumber by, foundation by day, trainer by, in the afternoons. By a couple of afternoons per week. And it's, and it's That's really a good. nice mix for getting your own movement built into a little routine, isn't it? Absolutely, yeah. yeah. It was, like I said, it, um, I was lucky enough to be shown foundation by a local gym operator here who, as well as owning and running the gym, a very busy gym, he said he had an exercise modality that really targeted people with chronic back pain. Okay. And I went, oh, yeah, right here. And um, once I'd done, or well, my whole family had done pretty much two or three classes with him, it was different enough to be really different. Yeah, right. But totally conceivable that it would make you stronger in the right areas. Right. Um, so how did you, for you to be interested in it, you must have had a bit of a sore back yourself? Yeah, so. I suppose um, if we use this thing called our body, what do they say? Pain is inevitable, suffering is option kind of thing. So, <laughs> I like so um yeah, I suppose over the decades of plumbing and doing sports like, you know, soccer, martial arts, surfing mm. on top of um, working, um, lower back pain almost seemed like it was inevitable. And Are you saying that just because you were doing a lot of different things, just the volume of stuff you were doing? No, no. I'm, I'm almost thinking that... <laughs> We're led to believe, George is having me say, we're led to believe either 
through our family contacts or our... Hold up there. Very natural. <laughs> <laughs> Just hold up one sec. Get it. Okay, George has sorted out. Carry on. Okay, so just to pick up, I, I think um, either through our family environment or our friendships or our work environment, we're led to believe, particularly in the building trade or mm. construction industry, as it might be known in other countries, mm. we're led to believe that back pain is inevitable and it's almost like, yeah, so you've got to sort of back, suck it up. Wow. Wow. Which is kind of, yeah, well, if you want to. Do you wanna, subscribe to that knowing what absolute, you know now? No. Good. No. It's um, a bit like runners and running injuries. Mm. Runners assume that if you're a runner, you have a running injury. Yeah. Which is just not how it yeah, needs to yeah, be. Yeah. So it's good to challenge that. Yeah. And um, just I suppose I've always had a, an interest in in the body and, you know, when pain stops you doing certain things that you want to do. Mm. Well, there's, there's two things there. Pain's the body's messenger, isn't it? It's Something's got to change. Yeah. Um, but it's it's also there to stop us further injuring ourselves. Mm. So I've asked enough people, professional practitioners around town, of which this town's amazing for its, its different levels of expertise yeah, in and, town and, and uh, perspectives hey yes. like we've got every color yeah. of the rainbow yeah yeah we're probably making margaret river the back pain capital Might yeah start a whole new industry in margaret river <laughs> which should, which back should, pain holidays yeah so that might deter people from coming here if, you, if it's worded incorrectly <laughs> <That's> but <laughs> right. we might get funding but, from the tourist yeah. um tourist campaigns though but anyway. yeah yeah so um i i suppose with this annoyance of back pain, shoulder pain, hamstring issues when I was playing soccer and stuff, I suppose I was always wanting to find out why. Yeah. And, you know, that's it's not good enough just to accept it yep. and try and mitigate pain with medication. It didn't, never sat well with me. I think that's a little bit of my mother's side. Okay. She was never... Uh, Big for the pharmacy, right? So um, yeah, when when my family and I were first exposed to foundation training, it was it was odd. I won't I won't um, sugarcoat it. The the exercises are strenuous and they're odd and they're uncomfortable. Do they start strenuous or is there a progression? Mm, um, no, there's absolutely uh, an entry level beginners right. where you where you. Uh, asked to listen to instructors and your own body um, to gain an understanding of this muscle integration that you're being asked to hold under tension. Right. So if I can coin the phrase, build off a good foundation which you form with this muscle tension and isometric hold. Right. And then you go into slight movements and or static poses um, that... A bit like if you would hold a push-up halfway down or halfway up or a chin-up halfway down or halfway up, mm. that time under tension is not going to deliver much pleasure or comfort. I mean, right. You don't want to brag about doing your two push-ups that took you 20 minutes. Yeah. I mean, that's yep. an extreme yeah. sort of, uh, okay. analogy. So, but, so yeah. there's discomfort, which is effort. 
of the muscular yes. system. Yes. And you need applied effort or stress to stimulate some response. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So Interesting. through through a series of um, static holds and movements, there's this time under tension that um, is in the muscles. It's not in the joints. Right. So it, there's a bit of a mantra um, in the foundation group, but I, I'd imagine a lot of people share this. And if we can if we can ask the muscles to bear a lot of the load, maybe the bones and the joints and the ligaments don't have to. Yeah. Or maybe we we were wrong to ask so much of the bones and the ligaments and the joints to hold such a load, whether we're exercising or just simply walking or even sitting. Yeah. Um, whereas if we if we can ask the muscles to do more as a group, mm. um, I think we'd enjoy well, well, moving more. Well, it's a two-way. It's a feedback feed forward, isn't it? You know, mm. I mean, mm. one of Gary's rules is joints act, muscles react. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, you're what? But you know, I, I don't. I know from from my Pilates training, the emphasis is on the muscular system. Mm. No mention of the joints. Mm. Gary's work is a lot about joint motions. Yep. So I think, yeah, who cares? As mm. long as we're stimulating a system in a in a functional way to get stronger. Yes. Yeah, yeah. and we can yeah. argue about the what came first, chicken yeah. or the egg. Yeah. If someone feels stronger and finds benefit, you know, they're kind of theoretical mm. arguments we probably no one knows the answer yeah. to. But it's nice to look at them from different perspectives. Exactly. I think um, a bit like a lot of things in in medicine as well. We're looking for the same destination. Yeah. But the the route that we take to get to that destination can be not wrong or right. It's yeah, just different. Totally. And and everybody's body is different. So yeah, and that's where the prescription, you know, when you one of my pet peeves is the seven yoga moves for back pain. Mm. Or I think, man, mm. <laughs> I don't think I've ever given anyone the same movement twice. No. Like there's such uniqueness yeah. in the prescriptions. But um Having said that, if someone's drawn to Pilates or yoga or something, mm. you know, that's part of your guidance saying, yeah, that path's for me. So yeah. it's nice that we can trust that all these different disciplines exist and mm. as long as we've got um, that built-in uh, respect for the signals we're getting, mm. I think we can try anything. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And um, there's no one, one fit for all, that's for sure. No. Um, you know what? What resonates with somebody one month might not resonate with them the next. And um, maybe your back, mm. as it's progressing through its recovery, mm. might need it. It might initially feel like it needs a bit more of a stretch, and then you might think, okay, I feel like I need to strengthen mm. it now. So, mm. you know, I think that variety of stimulus is what mm. um, bodies need perpetually. Yeah, yeah. And if I can just, uh, if I can just talk a little bit about the. The person who developed this, yeah, um, Dr. Tell me, Eric. Tell me about him. So, Dr. Eric Goodman is his name. He's a chiropractor in the US, and through his own necessity, he was advised to get um, back surgery by more than one surgeon when he was going through chiropractic school. That was unacceptable to him. But um, in his teaching of the likes of the local plumber or the Pilates instructor or whoever he teaches to teach his work, mm. he doesn't discount before you decide that somebody's back pain, knee pain, hip pain, 
neck pain, shoulder pain, pain, whatever, before you as an instructor decide that foundation is absolutely going to fix it, which is, which is not something that any foundation trainer or anybody really with their modality should or would subscribe to. Mm. But um, it's, information is king. So the local plumber obviously can't order an MRI. You can't order an X-ray. You can't read an X-ray. So if somebody's got back pain, it might not be musculoskeletal. It might be something, you know, unfortunately, a lot more sinister. Mm. So you can't have this God complex where you're going to say, yeah, I can fix that. Yeah. You need... You know, there's a reason why people go to university and there's all this technology and stuff to to dig deeper into this body of ours to find out the root cause of the pain. If there is no lesions or anything that are causing pain or structural damage, um, then it's up to the, the user, the body, the person in that body that's feeling pain. You've got a raft of... Um, choices in front of you to try and find out how we can alleviate yeah. the root cause of the pain. Yeah. Um, so, you know, for the short term, it might be uh, medication. Yep. Uh, in some cases, it might be surgery. Hopefully, you've exhausted the non-intervention or, you know, the, the more passive or sustainable changes to get rid of pain, which might be yeah. movement exercises. I, I don't Could it be rest? Yeah, rest. That's a good one, mm. actually. How mm. often is rest just mm. exactly what's needed? And that's where I think we can take our cue from animals a lot. So, yeah. Obviously, like a dog. Oh, yeah. Obviously, a dog owner. Um, animals rest when when they're seriously hurt. They rest. Well, they rest a lot more, even when they're not yeah. hurt. You know, yeah. I look at I have a cat and a dog, and they're perpetually resting. Mm. You know, George has his activity, and then he just crashes, mm. and I think, wow, they are a constant reminder. Yeah. To do this. Yeah. They know? do stretch, but they don't warm up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. There might but, be a message there. That's right. No one wants to hear rest, but it's it's usually oh. only rest from certain angles, yeah. certain positions, mm. certain movements. Mm. It's not everything. Mm. And it's, you know, it's that classic, you know, it only hurts when I bend down. Mm. Yeah, we'll stop bending mm. down, you know, mm. find a new way. Yeah, find a new way to bend. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So... So how long into doing foundation did you start to find benefit in your own back? Um, okay, so I'd say if I was practising foundation twice a week in a class, I think it would have been a month to six weeks before I really noticed a change in the way I moved and walked. Um, well, I walked here. There's a change in the way I move and the change in, and positive change in the way I felt. Right. And more awareness when I did other exercises, particularly ballistic exercises. So if I was asked to do something explosive, I just tone that back a bit. Okay. You know, so you gotta you know, you know sometimes quantity should be ignored and just go for quality and then gotcha. mm, yeah. and then you can once you've got well, you know, boxing, dancing. We don't do them at 100 miles an hour in our first class. No, no. So we learn it, we learn the movement, we learn, learn the locomotion of it. Right. There's a reason why we take so long to walk and yep. all the rest of it. Yeah. I think the same goes for, you know, when you learn learn something that can get you out of pain. Yeah. Um, maybe, maybe sort of. 
push a few other things to the side and pursue that a little bit. Well, well, it is that it's got to almost take priority for a little mm. while. Recovery mm. needs mm. to be yeah. top of the pops in terms of priority. And uh, I was only having this conversation with someone yesterday, totally honest. She said, I haven't done anything you've told me to do. Mm. <laughs> Hats off for honesty. Mm. Yeah. Appreciate it. And I said, well, I can kind of tell because nothing's changed. Yeah, yeah. And, and I was like, so, you know, we, we've got to unpack that. Mm. Why are you coming here spending money with mm. me if you're not going to action anything I say? Like, I'm not mm. a miracle worker. It's, mm. it's definitely, but, you know, there's reasons. And, and she said, oh, and it just came back to her value structure. So yeah. she, her family and her work currently rate higher on her list of priorities in her own personal yeah. health. And, you know, when we could unpack that a bit and say, well, you're no good to your family. And you can't keep working mm. if you don't have your health. Mm. So it's that Martini idea of linking your back and its improvement to your higher values. Yeah. And once you can do that, you can then you start to see it naturally happens. Mm. There's then no resistance in taking action because you see the value. Yeah, um, yeah, absolutely. But, yeah, that's getting off track. Yeah, but also on that track is the amount of time and emotion spent on either pain itself or the anticipation of pain. Oh, that's a good point. It, it's it's a drag, mm. you know. Like if you're meant to be getting up and maybe running over a few things with your kids before school or, or whatever, but you've got this nagging feeling as you lay in bed in two out of ten pain that by the time your feet hit the floor you might be in six to seven out of ten pain, mm. straight away you've got this emotional attachment to the pain that's robbing you and your family of some more important things. Yeah. It's a drag. How do you suggest people get around that? Address the pain. Yeah, like get to the issue. Yes. Yeah, right. Yeah, um, absolutely. If pain, you know, if if pain is, is causing you to focus on it rather than some more enjoyable things in your life, then clearly you've either got to be able to mentally deal with, with the pain to so it's not in the forefront of your thoughts or or do something about it well i think this is another thing just a lesson this week i've had quite a few people i just get on with it you know i feel it and i say what's your response mm. when you feel it i just mm. get on with it mm. you know and i don't know if that's culturally mm. the aussie way i just put up with it and get on with mm. it man like there's the plenty only of choice there. that the body has if you take that approach is to get louder because mm. it is feedback like mm-hmm. you said right at the starts just trying to let you know something yeah yeah and if we shift perspective and see it as just feedback from the body saying something needs tweaking mm, mm. and we don't listen mm. then it's so, that's whatever it was still needs tweaking oh, and yeah. so the body's got to get your attention to make it louder and more constant and yeah. you know you're really better off in the early stages to develop this relationship with mm, your body mm, that mm. if there is this persistent you know mm. signal sit and explore it mm. what, what do you want me to know yeah. is it something i'm thinking about is it some stress or some action I need to take at work or in my mm. relationship or with my finances or whatever. Mm. But it's our it's yeah, the, the the avoidance of looking at it takes more energy mm. than yeah, just shining the light and going, here we are, let's do this. Yeah. As uncomfortable as that is. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, there's plenty of analogies there that you know you can put another Yeah, give it, give us one. Well <laughs> the the rust that's in your car. Just put another, oh, just put another coat of paint on it. It makes it look good for a while. <laughs> you can get away with you it. Know, no one knows a, it's there. Yeah, the stitch in time saves nine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know, 
I use the analogy of usually of the warning light on your car's dashboard. Yeah, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. put a bit of tape over them, <laughs> that's but right. that's not sustainable. And eventually, just like the car, it's going to break oh, down. Oh yeah, the, the car analogy. Break down. The it's car analogy one. is a good one because we all know how much we value our car, particularly when we're just about to go on holidays. Yes, give it a nice tune-up, new tyres, whatever. And more, but don't people, do that to our body. People probably spend more on the car than their body. No, oh, absolutely. It's just crazy, isn't it? Well, I do own a nineteen. 96 model car, so I can definitely say I spend more money on per year. <laughs> so what's the state you're back now? I don't even think about it. Great. I, do you feel like you can move freely in all the different directions you want to move? Yes. Great. And I'm glad you said that I want to move. Mm. So I think that's a big oh. part of people's, people's uh, I don't really want to use the word journey, but I'm going to. But if you've got a journey, you need to <laughs> To We're in travel. River, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. So <laughs> I think people have got to be honest with themselves. What do you want to do with your body? Mm. And train accordingly. Like, let's pick um, extreme range of motion. How many people with their work or their leisure activities need extreme range of motion? Good point. I would say a rock climber would need to be definitely able to get their foot up around their shoulder. A tree arborist. A tree arborist. Yeah. A gymnast. A desk, office-based desk worker probably doesn't need it, huh? Yeah. So Mm. I'm not discounting extreme range of movement as a pursuit, but, you know, maybe you can back the extreme off and just get range of movement or movement. Yeah, and stability in the mid-range. Yeah. Mm. So Yeah. Because the yoga instructors are a classic case of that. You know, a lot mm. of them have amazing range, but mm. uh, you know, they still got back pain. Yeah. So it's it's yeah. no guarantee that if you create that range, that you, mm. you will lose your pain. There's yeah. more at play. Yeah, yeah. A lot absolutely. of the time. So you asked me, how is my back pain now? Yeah. So led onto that little branch road. Uh, yeah. I don't even think about my back pain now until it flares up. Right. And when I say flare up. I used to be in constant nagging lower back pain. Mm. So a flare-up would take it from, say, 2.5 on the pain scale right up to 8.5 yeah. and beyond. Now it sits at just a nice indistinguishable level as opposed to leg pain from going for a walk or a swim or right. shoulder or bicep pain from doing something, chin-up yeah. bars or something like that. Yeah. So I don't even think about the mild level of sensation I have in my back. Okay. My back. Yeah. When it goes up to, say, four to five out of ten, might be on the back of a, a day of doing a lot of digging or lifting mm. or I did something um, – in a gym or at home, and I'll notice I'm a lot more aware of, okay, so now I've got this asymmetry feeling or, or whatever. Um, and I know, I know the practitioners I want to see to address okay. it if I think I can't myself. Gotcha. Um, B, I think I know enough about the foundation training exercises that, I think 
you know which one's to move. Yes. Yeah, right, yeah. Um, which is empowering, isn't it? Oh, it's absolutely empowering. Because then when you get that flare up, it doesn't panic you. You no. don't go into, holy shit, I'm going back the it's, wrong way. You're like, that's cool. Mm. I know what to do. I've yeah, got the yeah. tools. I know what to do. I know what yeah. not to do. Yeah. And quite often a walk instead of a run, quite often nice. um, what I call a tea bag, which is just jump in the ocean. Go and lie around in the ocean as opposed <laughs> to putting in a dedicated 2K swim or something like great, that. Great. Um, so, yeah, it's... Was there a moment when, Neil, when you thought you weren't going to be able to keep your occupation going because oh, of your back pain? Because um, I hear a lot of... I see quite a few tradies in the thick of it mm, questioning their occupational career mm, choices mm, moving forward. Yeah, and absolutely. And it's a really tough one because I think if they can invest the time and energy like you have mm. to learn the things you've learned, then I think they can have a great career but they're going to have to be mindful and develop those tools to allow them to ma- – anyone, an athlete does. Yeah. So if you've got yeah. a physical occupation, you do too. Yeah. You're not um, – but some of them, yeah, I, fi- I find it a hard conversation to have actually. Yeah, so um, oh, a colleague of yours in town here, he was my go-to and still is physio mate. Mm. And other practitioners have said to myself and other people I know really well, well, you're just going to have to give up plumbing and do something else. And it's kind of like, as, as nice as that sounds, yeah. we kind of gravitate back to where we can do the least work for the most money if you've got mouths to feed and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, but also so, if that's what you love doing, there's got to yeah. be a way to get back to it. Yeah. So uh, there was a time, and I've done things differently as I've got older and wiser. I think we've got to do things differently. So, you know, the manual handling practices have changed. There's a lot more mechanical um, not digging even these days hardly gets done, but digging's a very functional movement. It was done before the wheel, yeah. So we shouldn't discount sometimes digging, you're getting paid to go to work to get fit. It's well, it's all about how you dig on it, yeah. Even in digging, mm. there's so much about your foot placement, you know, are you going yeah. left to right, yeah. right to left? You know, if everything's working well mm. and you take that approach, and even lifting, and that's know? what I do, I teach that there's a there's a um. A static hold and a little bit of movement in a in an exercise in foundation training called the woodpecker. Okay, and it's absolutely digging. Right, it, it is seriously. If I was if I was versed in that body position, that strong posterior chain activation with one leg forward, gotcha, one leg back. Yep. When I was seventeen. Yep. Instead of well, I'm fifty five next week, but yep. I feel better at fifty five than when I did at thirty five. Oh, that's and that's great. Not many people can say that. No, and it's and it's just but that's you digging. You did that. Well, yeah, and that's what I try and, and that's tell the people in, part. in the classes. Um, don't underestimate the power of you because all that I'm doing is giving a little bit of instruction that it was given to me. Yeah, and I'm making suggestions mm. on the duration that you might hold a pose or you might. Do one class a week. You might do two classes a week. You might do one class a month. You might bring it into the everyday movement. But for me, it's kind of like use whatever works for you in your everyday life. And I love the the foundation crew talk about taking regular movement snacks during yeah, the day. And it's just a nice way to yeah to phrase it because who doesn't drag themselves away from their work site, desk, whatever, and have a cuppa. Yeah. And a sandwich or a biscuit or whatever. That's right, nourish your body. Yeah, so who doesn't want to do that? Well, 
turned into a movement snack and just yeah. go, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, I understand that. Yeah, and that's a lot of Katie Bowman's idea about that she did a great study. I don't know if it was her or she she talks about it where they even looked at like triathletes mm. who do this intense exercise for maybe two hours a day mm-hmm. versus someone who is just versed in moving frequently, like walking to school mm-hmm. with the kids, mm-hmm. carrying the shopping home, and they were moving perpetually throughout the day versus the triathlete who did the one hour and yeah, then went okay. to a desk job and then did an hour after after what? So training hard, mm-hmm. but their movement overall movement during the day was less mm-hmm. than someone who has an active job, yeah, you know, yeah. and you think, man, even athletes, yeah. they think they're moving and training. They're not necessarily getting that uh, variety and mm. the, the constantness of moving. Mm, mm. So, yeah, good idea, the movement snacks. Oh, definitely, yeah, yeah. Now, if I say bulletproof back, what comes to mind for you? Uh, firstly, the back, very important. Right. But it's only part of the whole story. It's part of the body. Yeah. So if... Good point. Yeah. So if you're, you know, like we were primarily in front of us. Our eyes face forward, our hands are forward. Um, We walk forward mostly. So the posterior chain, which obviously goes from maybe your plantar fascia all the way around your heel right up the back of your skull, so if that could be stronger when it's loaded to pull us back out of anterior carriage or forward bending, then that's not just your back. That is kind of a bulletproof body that is hip-centric, I suppose, in its focus. Yeah, right. I like um, that. So we touched on it earlier. Make sure this thing that is our body is is fit for purpose. Mm. So if we want certain things out of it, then train or, or exercise and or rest with that in mind. So you, mm. if you don't need it to move through an extreme range but you train in extreme range but that delivers you with a bit of pain and then you have to have a day off or you simply can't do those things you want to do and one of them might be work, um, then realise that. So it's probably an awareness. Yeah. Awareness will give you a bulletproof back. Um, mm. Are we getting into the tips now? So what are your top yeah. three tips for someone who's actually sitting, listening now, and they're in stubborn back pains, things are aching, and they're like, all right, Neil, tell me three things mm-hmm. that I can think about to get to where you are. Um. If you can't know it or feel it yourself, get help to move properly. Right. And which I will say is not common knowledge. No. Even no. amongst movement trainers. And it's there's quite a debate on what what good movement is. Mm. Uh, but I guess a therapist or a movement trainer will have more of an idea than perhaps you do. Yes, yeah, <laughs> So you absolutely. could work off that idea. Yeah. Anything they know is going to be more than I know, yeah. so I'm going to learn something. Yeah. So yeah. If, if you've got trained eyes on you from the outside in, yeah. you're not going to be able to tell fibs. Yep. You know, you'll tell fibs to yourself. Yes. And you'll put it off till you're really broken, like we spoke about earlier. So mm-hmm. um, get advice or help how to move sustainably. Get strong. Yep. Um, and 
strength is not just in one area. You get overall strong. Mm. Um, Which is what you're saying about bulletproof backs. Like mm. it, the, the back can only be as strong as mm. everything else in the body. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah well, yeah. I think we've all seen the, the almighty great tennis players with one big strong serving arm. Yeah. And, and that must have an end point. You know, to, to take the body out of symmetry yes. like that, then, then there's got to be a payoff one day. Yes, So yes. I know for years um, the left-hand side of my spine, the rectus spinae muscles, were, were so much more pronounced. And myself and um, a family chiropractor, I think he was way back when, he recognised it and he asked me what I'd been doing predominantly on the left side of my body yeah, after right. I'd been living in Margaret River for yeah. probably six or eight years and yeah. I went back over the east coast where I grew up and visited the family practitioner. Yeah. And he said, your left-hand side of your spine is just way out of it. It's, it's huge. Yeah. It's like you've just been doing like one-arm bicep curls. Yeah, right. Yeah, and I was like, oh. oh, yeah, we do a lot of hand, like we do a lot of hand digging in the early days in Margaret River. Right. So wet sand, really easy to dig. You can yeah. dig it for hours. Yeah. You're in your 20s, you just want to please the boss, get yeah. the job done, get, get knocked off and go surfing. Yeah. So, yeah, the left-hand side of my body was I'd reacted up. to that. Yeah, so um, I suppose what I'm getting out of there is get strong all over because if you get strong in one area, it might not be the most beneficial. Yeah, thing. which is when I just want to put in that idea that strengthening your core mm. fixes back pain. Mm. And I don't know why, where and why. we. That's the biggest myth that and I... And crunches. Yeah, no, know, it's do, one do muscle. Crunch, yeah. It's one muscle. Mm. All of you matters just as much as that one muscle. Mm. So um, think Can beyond I, the core. So if I interject there, and these are Eric Goodman's words, yeah. um, the core and foundation training is all the muscles that join the hip joint from below, above, and within so it's it's a better definition isn't it it's it's this greater area than this sort of grapefruit sized area below our navel above our pubic bone that people go core you got to get your core strong well the core in foundation training almost goes from below the knee to the yeah to the collarbone and it radiates away from the hip joint yeah but it also pulls back to the hip joint at the same time yeah and i think um, Paul Hodges was the physio who did the research about transversus and, you know, he showed that when people have had a bout of pain, that's the muscle that becomes deactivated by the Transverted, pain. Transverted, yeah. yeah and so switches. his research showed that if he could reactivate it, you know, people had really good improvements mm. in back pain. Mm. Great research but been totally misinterpreted, mm. totally taken out of context and I'm sure even he probably lays in bed every night going, oh, my God, why did I mm. Why did I do that study? Because yeah. <laughs> so much dysfunction has been created. Yeah. But I think, you know, people are learning. And yes. that's, I think, yeah, yeah foundation um, is talking about a foundation rather using, yeah, rather than using the word core. It's a well, nicer word really, isn't it? I think it's just such, such a great label to give it. Yeah. Um, it doesn't come with any, oh, if you knew Eric Goodman and his, and his team, it comes with zero ego. It, right. it, it is what it is. Yeah. Um, it's not It's not the only thing you should do. Yeah. Can you do too much of it? Yes. Yeah. It's a bit like anything. Yeah. Um, you, could, you could probably make an analogy. But it, it can be tied into everything else what we do that's positive. Yeah, and, and a good movement system will do that, mm. won't it? You can, yeah, just integrate it. That's right, life. yeah. I like, I like all those different movements 
be exposing yourselves to them because they all at some point with some movement you're doing come into play. Mm. The more of them that you play with, mm. the more you can draw them in. So we've got um, what was before Get Strong? What was your first Oh, tip? the movement. Just get advice oh, quality on quality movement. Yeah, quality yeah. movement. Get Strong. And final one? Mm. Diet. Diet? Yeah, well. Interesting. Well. I wasn't expecting word, that. Well, the word anti-inflammatory. Okay. So pain is inflammation. Gotcha. Um, there's plenty of ways to mitigate inflammation, I suppose. Gotcha. Um, so if your diet is not the greatest, then you can change that. Mm. Um, if you're carrying a little bit of extra weight and it's negatively affecting the other things you want to do in your life, yep. you can change that. If you're underweight and it's negatively affecting what you want to do with your body, yeah, you can change that. So they're all things you can change. Mm. So I suppose there's, there's just like spokes in the wheel, isn't it? There's yeah. movement, there's hydration, there's sleep. Sleep, there's sleep and rest. I like yeah. to I like to differentiate yeah, yeah. between those. So yeah, if you're yeah. not getting quality sleep, then you're probably not repairing as good as you could. Mm. A rest for a boxer might be I'm just gonna go for a five K easy run today and just do some light mitt work. A rest for somebody like myself who's you know, looking to just have a day where I'm not focusing so hard on going for a strong swim or a mm. strong surf. Might just go for a walk with the dog. Yep. So so active rest. Yes, that's a as great opposed term. to active sitting rest. around on the lounge and yeah. whatever. But and if you're a runner, it's probably going for a walk. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, so, yeah. so I see what you're saying there. That's a good yeah. idea. Yeah. yeah. And if you're a gardener who's always like, you know, digging and mm. pruning and doing hard stuff, it might just be going around fertilising. Mm. Yeah, there's grades within what we do that some yeah. intensity, some light stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Gardening is, uh, if it, I think of a few, a few um, movements or chores we do in life that foundation just is absolutely made for. Perfect. So, it's garden what, and working in a kitchen. Wow, interesting. Well, it's the chefs, they get stuck in this Lean internal forward. shoulder rotation. Yep. Um, if they can't hip hinge, they'll normally lock out the knees and and stay loaded in a curved yeah. spine, not asking the big movers, not the big posterior chain muscles. And gardening can be the same. If you just sort of, if you can't keep the posterior chain, the big muscles activated to do the, the yep. load, the big, yep. the big work, then the little ones are going to have to take over and they won't they won't like that and they'll let you know. No, and I think a lot of us aren't doing enough natural movements that keep those mm. muscles active. We're, yeah. we're sitting a mm. lot, which is turning it off completely. Yeah. When we walk, we don't stride out. No. We have these short Not little shuffle. steps and, you know, stairs even. Not many people, you know. Well, stairs. Taking them is great, yeah. but most of our environments are structured these mm. days to be flat or elevators mm. or, you know, we're not really getting even mm. that opportunity. Mm. So mm. Um, I can see the benefit in activating that. Yeah. So what Neil has kindly offered to do, and, and I'd love to see the woodpecker. Oh, the, wood, <laughs> the woodpecker. You talked about that one. Yeah, We're going to just record a 10, 12-minute little movement video yeah. at the end of this and we'll link to that. Um, that'll be on the YouTube version of the podcast. We'll just add that link somewhere. But you'll be able to check out and have a little bit of an idea of what foundation training looks like. Absolutely. Great. And 
So Marion will know what it feels like. Yeah, well, I'll be recording. <laughs> oh, I'm going to do it. <laughs> yeah, oh. whatever. Whatever works. We'll work it out. Okay. okay, so thank you for coming in. Thank you. And uh, great to have the chat as usual. And yep. uh, thanks to the listeners. And um, feel free, I haven't sort of mentioned this before, but if you have got questions after one of the chats and you hear them and you're like wanting more, some more information, then just drop us a line and contact us and we'll try and get you the right information for what yeah. you're seeking. So. Foundation Training's got a wonderful website, obviously, www.foundationtraining.com. Great. And if you go there, you'll, there's a raft of opportunities. You can find myself under find a trainer via email only. Great. And then I'll well, we'll put your you. We'll put your, your class links. Are you at this yoga studio? Mm. Yeah. So we'll link to wherever. If you're specifically in Margaret River and you want to go and train with Neil, then... Yeah. Uh, all the info will be there. All right. So Most thanks welcome. for listening, everyone, and we'll uh, see who else we can rustle up for the next the next victim. <laughs> okay. <laughs> thanks. Sweet. Thanks for listening to Building Bulletproof Backs. To learn more about Marion's unique eight-week Building a Bulletproof Back online course, visit the link in the show notes. You will receive a step-by-step system providing mental, physical, and emotional strategies for smashing your back pain to the curb. Ain't nothing like this anywhere else on the market. Become your own hero.